World Dairy Expo has the colored shavings. The North American is known for the green and the ring. Dairy Goats has the big stage of the national show and the bright lights of the spotlight sale at the annual convention. Join us as we interview the breeders of the prestigious spotlight sale animals and we learn all about what makes them shine so bright. What's up everyone and welcome to Ringside. I'm John, and I'm joined by the woman that's got so much semen in her tanks it cracked her truck bed, Danielle Caroli. I don't even want to talk about it. It's, well, oh. here we are. Here we yes, are. and here we're podcasting, so we're talking about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I know we talked about this on another episode that I was helping AI cows and realized I had two pretty full tanks and with an upcoming collection, I realized I needed to add another tank. But the plan is with adding another tank that I can sort through what I have, make an inventory, and I'm in the process of that. But so I picked up a used tank and it's been filled. It was at an old dairy farm that was, they went out of business right before COVID. And so they didn't need their tank anymore, but it's a beautiful, well-maintained tank. So I was really happy about that. And it's a wide mouth. So like, makes handling so so much easier game changer i'm ecstatic to have it and am now inventorying what i have organizing it so like there's a little bit of cow semen in my tank that is now in cane one then i have somebody's oberhosley semen that is now in cane or (coughs) like it's beautiful it's gonna be so so nice However, because I just got this tank and in time for convention, I wanted to make sure, and it was time to fill my tanks. I took them all, I figured it was perfect time to take them all and to get topped off again. So yeah, the guy decided to change the routine on me and Mm -hmm. told me we could just fill them from my truck bed. Well, it didn't work. My liner is cracked. And yeah, so <laughs> it's it's a fun day here, but at least I have three tanks now. I think I will probably be able to kind of condense and figure out what we what's going on now that I have this bigger tank. And I was actually before we started recording, I was there sorting everything out and it was it was very good for my organizational, you know, I was in a happy place just making it all kind of neat and organized again. So it's good. We're good. Everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you sent me the picture. So people are like, well, how did it crack? Well, so it spilled over and uh, yeah, the, the truck bed just couldn't handle the the cold i mean it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy the picture like 
you think, oh, it's nothing. And then when it thawed out, you can see the actual the actual cracks in the in the liner. And this is a rhino liner. This isn't a plastic liner. Right. So <laughs> I was like, wow, yeah, that's no, uh, this is a pretty, pretty impressive. It was a it's a pretty intense liner and there's a pretty intense crack there. So it's fine. I think I'll take it to my auto body people and get it looked at. I mean, basically what this means is I'm not taking my truck to convention because the whole reason I would put something in the truck would be, or would bring the truck is so I could put something in the bed. But you know, now I don't really think I can do that. So this might, you know, unfortunately be a blessing in disguise, but we'll see. Well, I'll have my truck there. there for when you decide to buy uh, a Nubian or a Tog or a Sonnen, you know, whatever. Uh, plenty of room for activities. <laughs> Definitely plenty of room for activities. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of activities, uh, we've got part three of our spotlight sale spotlight, I guess we'll call it. Uh, this is probably every every part so far has been pretty exciting, but I really enjoyed uh, these three animals that we were talking about as well. Uh, it was I got to say this has been like super fun. Don't you agree? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, the quality of the animals in this sale is spectacular. Uh, and we just decided, you and I, that we wanted to help shine that light. And it has been a privilege to talk to all of these breeders. The amount of knowledge from these people uh, is insane. I do not feel worthy. Uh, but it. Regardless, we're so happy to be able to bring this and thank you to all the breeders that took the time to uh, speak to us about their their animals. As we've said probably time and a time again, we can't wait to see these animals in Syracuse. Not to make this drag on any longer. Nobody wants to hear from us. What do you say, Danielle? We hop right into part number three. Let's go for it. And as we move on to lot number 11, Araby Farm Magdalena, a Sonnen in the sale, we're talking with Scotty and Eileen Brodus of Araby Farm. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Oh, it's, it's a real honor. Um, you know, I've, I've seen you guys in the Northeast uh, show circuit, and it's always a pleasure to see your animals and you as well. Um, so congratulations, first of all, and uh, having Magdalena in the sale. Well, thank you so much for that, too. For those that maybe don't show with you in the Northeast or uh, are somehow not aware of your, your animals, uh, can you tell us a little bit about you and your herd for everyone listening? Okay, sure. Um, you know, we, Scotty and I were kind of an unlikely couple. And, um, you know, we came from very different backgrounds. I came from a small industrial town. He came from a, a purebred Angus farm. I knew nothing about farming and he knew nothing about small town life. But, you know, we met and we married and we had this common love of animals. And of course it was a lot of cats and dogs at first. And then, um, Scotty's brother and sister-in-law, Joy and Barbara brought us of Culpeper, Virginia, 
uh, their herd is Aspen Hills, and they were very, very influential in in bringing the Sonnens particularly into what I call today the modern Sonnens, where you know they they really had improved. Really had improved that breed. They showed all over the country. They would go to all the fairs and everywhere that they could, and they showed heavily in um, all over the United States. And so, because we didn't see them often, if they came to show goats relatively close to us, we would go and we would visit with them. And I thought it was the most boring thing I had ever seen in my life was a goat show. <laughs> but then um we fell in love with a couple of does that she had that were different than what we were used to seeing uh, they they had color they were grades and they had color and she was anxious to sell them and so we bought them and they were dolings. yep two dolings and so we bought them and then, okay, so what are we going to do with two goats? And that's how it started. You know, I guess everybody has a story, something like that. You know, it started with two goats. And um, so, you know, we started like that. The kids in the area, we, we used to live in a farming community. We're still in the same community, but it's no longer, you know, civilization is moving in on us pretty, pretty heavily. But... The kids in our area were very fascinated with these goats. And so we decided that we would sponsor them in 4-H. And so for 20 years. Through a loan goat. Right. It was a loan a goat program. And we had kids here all the time. And we would take those kids to shows with us. We went everywhere that we could. We went to Virginia. We went to uh all the way. We would go everywhere. Dutchess County. Dutchess County. We went up into New York. We went into Pennsylvania. You know, when you're young, you can do a lot of those things. But we really wanted we, to focus we, we on... We did that for roughly 24 years. Yeah, we sure did. And we took those kids with us as they grew. And, you know, they still remember all those good times. And some of those kids still come here, which was a really important part of this whole goat journey for us and you know we would go to the national shows and we if they were close and we always did something a little notable you know like we had the first real national we attended and showed at we had the first place senior get a sire that was not the first time oh okay true not the first Not the first, but you know, we just so we started getting the national show fever, I guess you could call it. And, um, you know, we go when we can, uh, so you know, we just go when we can, and we've always done something a little special there. Well, let me jump in just a second. Uh, and as uh, we grew, uh, we realized that uh, one of our 4-H kids, uh, she loved the Sonnets, so we went to the Sonnets, and uh, the grades went on uh, per se by themselves. We also at one time had some very nice uh, La Manches, but we identified that we could only have 
one breed because that's all we could afford to house, all we could afford to feed, all we could. It took one breed is all that we could do, and both of us worked full time, and so uh, it came down to the Sonnens, and we had purebred Sonnens for a long time, mm-hmm. and uh, the genetics for the purebreds, uh, we just couldn't obtain good good genetics. Uh, well, they started to dry up too. Just they weren't. You know, they just weren't there. They weren't there, and the ones that were there weren't available for us, and so. That's when uh, we uh, went to Americans. It was uh, when uh, Willa Run sold out. I received a phone call from Patty Dean. Says uh, I got a book here that I think you could use, and uh, we bought Scorpion King, and uh, that's really kicked us and that was the uh, thing that brought us into the into the spotlight let's just say that because one of our beautiful very special does that became one of our very solid foundation does for our m line was araby farm monique and in 2011 monique was the first place five-year-old and best utter at that national show in Springfield. And so the consistency of those, of the genetics that we have today really started, kick-started with that Buck Scorpion King and that Doe Monique that really sent us in the right direction. Oh, I will agree. And then, so now we're here with you because we're now talking about the spotlight sale animal, which happens to be part of that M line as well. And so can you give us a little introduction as to who your spotlight sale animal is? She of course is Araby farm Magdalena. Um, Her dam is Araby farm champion pending Mercedes, who was the 2022 national champion. And, and best daughter at this year's national show in Harrisburg. Her sire is champion Araby Farm Jude. Jude's mother was our 2016 national champion, Araby Farm Justina. And so that, that's, Jude's you know. Jude's sire was uh, Mac, wasn't it? No, Jude's sire was Mac. Mac was uh, out of uh, Marrakesh. Marrakesh, all right, uh, and uh, by Sergeant. Right, all right, right. So, Sergeant was out of the 2014 National Champion um, Tree Amigos uh, Snivel, just one of the absolute most beautiful does I think my eyes have ever seen. And two does that uh, they might not have been national champions, but two does that really uh, have. Um, really have brought the Araby farm herd to, to per se, spotlight, uh, even though they're not national champions. And uh, that is uh, uh, Araby farm um, Monique and uh, uh, and uh, Araby farm Marrakesh. Mm-hmm. Those two does, uh, you know, the people who saw them, they know. All right. And that, uh, you know, that, that speaks for itself. They were just absolutely, positively beautiful, beautiful. Well, Marrakesh is still here. She, yeah. She's still here. So she's still quite a lovely doe. Yes, she is. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I've had the pleasure of handling that dough for several shows and seeing her in person as well. And she is, I was going to say she was a once in a lifetime dough, but then we got into 2022 and I saw what you brought out and to the national show. So I'm not going to call her the once in the a once in a lifetime dough anymore because there is more in your barn, but I'm seeing here, and I don't know if this is the correct update or if there's more, but we have six best in show wins that Marrakesh was able to achieve while she was showing. Is that correct? Yes. I believe that's correct. Yes. One of the things too, uh, Danielle, uh, uh, you know us and you know us well, is we don't campaign very hard. We don't, we <laughs> usually don't go to, to but three to five shows a year. You know, we're if we go to five shows a year, that's busy for us. We usually just go to three shows. So when you say she had six, that that's a lot because she probably for us, yeah, that's a lot. She probably ain't been to eight shows in her whole life. <laughs> <laughs> but no, at those shows, she made an impact, and um, she was definitely one that. I just remember that whenever she would enter, regardless of what breed you show, what breed you are, you know, looking at, everybody would just stop and take a look at her when she was walking in the ring because she is is just a beautiful, really well put together animal. And and Monique was the same, you know, a different little different style, a little different style. Uh, but she was also uh, when she walked by, people stopped and stared, uh, and she was absolutely beautiful. That uh, and uh, she talked about we never thought we'd have another one as nice as uh, Monique. We said that, you know, we said we'd never been, have another Monique, but we have been blessed, and we have had some. And still have some very lovely does in our barn. They're just, you know, they, they make us happy. They make us happy. <laughs> well, that that's what it's all about. And uh, I kind of want to touch on the fact that Magdalena, she's she's a beautiful doe as well. And what was the decision process like to nominate her in the spotlight sale? Our opinion is the spotlight sale is for uh, some top readers to offer their elite uh, genetics to the to the industry. It's uh, we view the spotlight sale as being the elite of the elite, and uh, we wanted to nominate something that we feel is our very best. And so when we were asked to uh, participate. And stuff that uh, it didn't take Eileen very long to uh, make a decision in regards to uh, what what doling we had that uh, we considered that uh, being our, our, our very best. I think mm-hmm. uh, I think it was within 15 minutes of of uh, Mercedes being chosen as the national champion. Um, I think I decided then I knew that she had had triplets. She had two does in a buck, and I thought to myself, 
if ever we were going to nominate something for the spotlight sale, this would be the one to do that because her, her, her pedigree goes back to, to, um, Monique and Monique is the one that really sent us in the right direction. So but Monique it, put us on the stage. She surely mm -hmm. did. She surely did. And, and she and, and and she she was magnificent. She was a beautiful, beautiful animal. She was. And, she uh, was. But, um, but anyway, it didn't take us very long to, to for Eileen to make that decision of Magdalena, uh, and uh, just to just look at her pedigree, and, and uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's it's uh, impeccable. It's beautiful. It's uh, it's a walk through the uh, the sun and breed uh, from the 90s right to the future, uh, to the present. And that, uh, you know, I look at it and say, wow. Um, and we have never been, uh, Eileen and I have never been stingy with our genetics. And we've never been stingy in regards to uh, having it available uh people and that uh, we're very excited about putting these genetics uh, out there uh, for uh, our industry to 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 do whatever with per se uh, no yeah. it's definitely a really exciting pedigree I mean you look at it and there are several notable animals just in this immediate four generation pedigree. Do you want to just walk us through some of those animals first on the dam side, and then we'll go into the sire side as well? Okay. Yeah, so yeah, let me, let me just say one thing first, uh, uh, about the dam side. Now, um, this is my opinion that it, and other people have their own views and that's all good. You know, you know, it's like the old lady who kissed the cow, everybody to their own taste. But, <laughs> But this is my opinion. To be a very successful breeder, you must have a very strong, consistent doe line. We have not added any does uh, since we purchased the Auburn House herd, and uh, that's been a few years back. And everything that we have on our place as far as our does go back to, to the three original those uh, here, all right, everything. And we brought in bucks, but we've consistently built on that doe line. And for, if somebody is looking, in my opinion, to look, to, to, to have the genetics, to have a superior doe line, and can take that and, and work it, it's there. It's not a question. It may be. No, it's there. The proof's in a pudding. And your proof is in uh, all those genetics and all those beautiful does uh, behind them. So with that, I'm going to let my sidekick here take it and, and run with that. But you have to have a very, <clears throat> excuse me, a very strong doe line to be able to consistently breed. Uh, and that's what this doe is. Mm -hmm. That's what she is. So we so we know Mercedes and um you know and Sergeant McQuitty Farm Sergeant also 
when we added him, that also gave us um, an additional push forward in the right direction because um, his dam was one of those, you know, very consistent. She came from a long line of, of national champions, as, you know, we've seen. So um, Sergeant did a lot of good things for us. Her, her grand dam is Araby Farm Moon Dance. And I think Moon Dance was maybe the bridesmaid for a while. Um, but she has proven herself to be one of the best brood does we've ever had. We can take her and breed her to any one of our bucks out here. And so far, she has never thrown us anything that we wouldn't keep. She's always been able to produce an animal better than better, better than, than herself. Than, her, than she is. And she's no and, slouch. Uh, no, she's I not. I was going to say, we're talking about the second place seven-year-old this year at the national show. Actually and eight. She's actually eight. Oh, well, yeah, second place seven years and older. So at eight, she was second yeah. place. Yeah. She has an appraisal score of 90 VEEE -E at three years old. So definitely no slouch there. And no. she's got several permanent champions out there that's in that we've told Dolan's to in what Minnesota and Wisconsin, uh, and Indiana, Indiana, uh, and that though, per se, we can't keep them all, but uh, you know, that uh, there's some fantastic. Those out there that are out of uh, out of moon. That's uh, I mean, really, we've really used, done well. You know, we've bred her to different bucks, and we always get these amazing does out of her. It's just just amazing how she's been able to do that. And her sire is Aspen Hills Rainbow. Of course, Aspen Hills is my sister-in-law and brother-in-law. And Aspen Hills Rainbow was one of those bucks too that. That really threw beautiful does with nice memories, very consistent. And he lived to be 11 years old, and he, which is unusual for a sonnen buck. And he was able to settle does the previous fall at 10 years old. Now he didn't, not a lot, but we did get another lovely doe kid out of him, and Marrakesh. And she was at the nationals this year also. So. I don't. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know where she placed, but I can't remember. And um, so, so he as well was quite a boost for our herd as far as smoothness of blending, consistently lovely mammary systems, and you know, just good feet and legs. You know, a lot of times for years, Sonnens did not have those good feet and legs, and we have. Well, one of the things that uh, that Rainbow did for us is that he threw very consistent, structurally correct does. Oh yeah. With fantastic teeth placement, and just excelled in general appearance because they were so structurally correct. And that that uh, so that uh, he's been a, a very positive buck for us as well. So, so basically, I think we, we, what we're saying is, is that all of the all of the parents and grandparents and great grandparents in Magdalena's 
pedigree have been have been just a positive impact on our herd in general. Oh yeah, for sure. And it definitely cultivated a very beautiful doe and looking at her, I think she would add a lot to anybody's herd and, and touching on that, what do you think she would bring to anyone's herd that was looking to purchase her at the spotlight sale? Uh, I would hope my hope would be that she would produce animals as good as she is and or better mm-hmm. like her mother and her grandmother and her great granddam. Well, let, let me, let me just jump in there just a second too, is that, uh, I guess we started off in goats about 1990. Uh, uh, and what she represents is, those 32 years of hard work uh, and that of nothing but our best, whatever our best is. Uh, now what does she bring to the table if somebody w- w- wants to buy her? Uh, it, she brings all the best that we've had and all our hard work. And they can, can take the baton and take it and go from there. But they would have a very solid, consistent foundation mm-hmm. in which they could grow their herd. Just and, like Monique did for us. And and, and the, the the thing that, that if you were to look at different things, but you look at Magdalena and you look at it from, and I look at it from a breeder's standpoint, mm-hmm. that you just don't have one hot dough that was a hot, Flash, you know, it, it really a beautiful doe. And then uh, two years from now, you ask, well, who was the national champion, such and such, and nobody can tell you because it, 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 it's gone. Nobody right. knows where it's at, what it's done, or whatever the case may be. But you look at you look at her pedigree and the look, the consistency of all these quality does year after year after year after year after year, and all that put together in one package all right with with that builds on this consistency and that uh it, it's uh it's quite amazing that that what what doesn't she bring to the table let me ask that is i think she brings a total package yeah i i definitely agree i think looking at her she's a super long doe super correct She's standing on very strong feet and legs with great angulation to them. Uh, she's got nice depth, a nice front end. I mean, she's really the total package when you're looking at her. Um, and I honestly cannot wait to see her in person uh, at convention this year. Well, she, everything that you said, I feel is correct. And one of the things that I, when you're looking for me, again, this is me, that they got to be structurally correct and they got to be sound on their feet and legs to build a foundation or whatever. It's just like a house. If you don't have a good foundation, it's going to crumble on you. And you right. have to have those feet and legs and structurally correctness to build everything else. And this, though, is beautiful because she is long. And, and, and she's that, very much like her dam. Very she's much like very, her. very much like her, 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 her dam. 
because Mercedes is long and Mercedes <laughs> is level. And all you got to do is stop Mercedes and, and you might have to move one foot a half an inch and this one maybe an inch. But that that's that's it. I mean, that dough is so structurally correct. But when she stops, she just naturally stops and sets herself up because that's she's comfortable being with that correctness. And yeah. Uh, I think about when we were taking photos of her at nationals and the only thing her handler had to do, and thankfully there's a photo where it wasn't that that situation, but we were trying to get her head up to catch her attention and make sure her ears were and her face were pointed forward. And Billy may or may not have kicked off a shoe several times trying to get her face that way. But that was where the concern was. It wasn't in placing those feet or making sure her top line was level. It was just making sure that head was right for the picture. And somehow we ended, there is a photo with both shoes on too. So I think that's an even, you know, an added bonus, but. I didn't even know that. I I was so. Check your photos. There's probably one or two where he's in his white sock or whatever color sock it was. And (laughs) because he kicked off the shoe to get the doughs looking the right way. (laughs) I didn't even know that. Yeah, it was, uh, it was an exciting day. It was, we have some really up and coming lovely does that were just two years old, you know, so they didn't have the maturity level to place higher, but still did well. And we're just real pleased with our herd and we're really proud to offer this doe for the spotlight sale. With everything that you've worked towards, this is the culmination that really uh, shows everybody what you've been doing throughout the years and, uh, how well you've progressed and this doe definitely shines at. Well, you know, uh, one thing else that I, I wanted, wanted to say, I said, give that little speech at the, at the nationals, but I'm going to take this opportunity to, uh, to highlight that, you know, that, uh, uh, 2016, we went to the nationals. We did well. 2018, we went to the nationals. We did well. 2019, I have a, I had a massive heart attack and I was not supposed to live. They didn't they wouldn't give me a percentage other than say uh, that that my odds were very poor. And so Eileen had to make some very tough decisions. And uh, it was February 25th that we had two foot of snow on the ground. It was zero degrees. We're getting another foot of snow, and she has birthing babies, milking goats toting water to the, all the bucks here in the back through two foot of snow and she had a husband dying over at the hospital so she had some she went through some tough times and uh, and she had some tough decisions to make and she did it and you know that uh that guy she's got that bad leg and she can hardly walk now but she can't pick up in 50 pound bags of feed she uh and throw them on her shoulder she'd take them bear hug them and, and walk with them bear hugged she couldn't pick up the uh, 70 pound bales of hay. She'd have to tumble them, but she never gave up. And she n- was just determined. And it was well over a year before I could lift over uh, 40 pounds. So Eileen did it. And some of the 4-H kids that we talked about earlier, they showed up and they helped her. Yes, they were wonderful. And so when you make a positive so, impact on a, on a so, youngster, 
it really never goes away. They, if they, they, they were amazing. They were here you know, to These help are us. kids that are in their twenties and thirties now and have families of their own. And they, they came, you know, it's like, if you build it, they will come. Well, they, they came, they heard about it and they came. And, uh, it, it, and so what you're looking there at is, uh, I hate to use the word, and not, but it's the best word that I could, I could, I could have. What you're looking there with the, the Marrakeshes and all, it's, 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 a, it's a miracle and it's a gift. Yeah. And that, uh, that all that, uh, during that tough time. So, uh, it is what it is. And, and Actually, I'm going to tell you this little story. And I don't know. So he was in the hospital. He had had his he had had his heart open heart surgery, and um, uh, Helen Snyder and Chris Trowbridge, my saviors, came, and they took 90% of the herd out of here. And I was left with um, eight milkers and four dry yearlings and one old buck who was rainbow and one other buck. That was Sergeant. And no, she took Sergeant too. Sergeant, oh, took, Sergeant oh, went. Right. Yeah, did, Sergeant yeah. went to Janice Kessler for a while. Yeah, we got and, him back. Yeah. And um, so I was left with these eight does, and they still had to freshen. Well, she came on the seventh. 6th or 7th of March, and on like the 8th of March, Mercedes was born. Moon had two doe kids. She had two doe kids. So because I couldn't get out to the barn, I put a playpen in the kitchen, and I put those two doe kids in that playpen in the kitchen. And we did a selfie of them and sent them to him and said, I don't think the man upstairs wants us to quit. I think he wants us to keep going. And he gave us those two beautiful, she gave us those two beautiful doe kids. And one of them was Mercedes. So that to me was like, you know. Just it's pretty divine. Very, very. And it kept him going. He, he had something to look forward to when he got home from the hospital. So, you know. Just one of those, one of those things that you can't explain. Because I could have sent, I could have sent Moon with, I could have sent Moon Dance with Helen too. But I said, no, I'm going to keep her here. I'm going to keep eight does. And I kept eight does, four and four dry earlings, eight milkers and four dry earlings. And that was it. Yeah. And look at you now. I mean, you guys have come so far back up the ladder now you've got lot number 11, Araby Farm, Magdalena, and she is a gorgeous doe at that. You guys should be very proud. I thank you guys so much for joining us today. I can't wait to see her on the spotlight sales stage. It's going to be a wonderful sight. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having us, really. Thank and you both for having us. And thank, thanks for allowing us to tell our little story. And <clears throat> I hope uh, the people who hear it, you know, can identify, and if they have questions, that they're able to uh, get them answered, and uh, that uh, we really appreciate this opportunity, and thank you all ever so much. We look forward to seeing you all, too, so it'll be a tearful, happy night for us, but um, our friends are there to support us. We'll get through it.
We'll All right. And we're going to continue with Dr. Acton, who has a lot 12, Tempo Passa Force Alita. She's another doe, American Sonnen, and she's just as lovely as lot number three with your Alpine, I must say. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a nice pair of kids. Alita doesn't quite have the the um, pizzazz that uh, that that Paige has, but then she's a sonnen. She's not supposed to have it, so she acts a lot more sonnen. She's quiet and calm and gentle, and and uh, or, no, Paisley's not not gentle, but she's just a hundred percent sonnen. Give me food, and I'm a good girl. <laughs> the sonnen well, attitude that is great, mm-hmm. and why we all yeah. love them. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. Can you and, tell us a little bit more about your sonnens? Um, our sonnens started back in 1971. I think our first one was actually born in 72. Um, and my mom started the herd. We, whereas I started the alpines, my mom started the sonnens. We worked the sonnens together, she and I, until her death in 2012. Um, and we, she had always laid down the line that a sonnen needs to be a dairy goat before all else. So we've never, ever had sonnens that didn't milk. Um, and so her rule was that if you're ever going to sell a buck, it had to improve the production of the herd it was going to. And sometimes a, a tough challenge, but it's always been something that I've kind of leaned back on is that Sonnens have to milk first, and then the rest is all icing on the cake. And so the maternal line that Alita comes from goes back to our original does that we bought back in 1971. Um, someone once called it taproot genetics. I honestly don't know how many generations there are of 3,000 or more pound, 90 or higher permanent champion does behind her because there's at least five. I know there's one break uh, that actually got mastectomized early, but ended up being a phenomenal brood doe. But, you know, if you take that break out of there, it's just really, really an amazing taproot line. And it goes in modern times, goes back to a doe named Ellen Tara, um, who was, I consider her our modern matriarch. She was a doe that was born in, I believe the nineties, thereabouts, 1999, maybe. Um, and just was kind of, we went from sonnens that milked and we had some good show goats here and there to using Ellen Tara's sire Talute. And he just revolutionized our memory systems, our style, everything. Um, just, but didn't hurt the production. We actually bought him as a production buck, which is kind of crazy, but he turned out to be the best show buck we've ever owned or, or had. Wow. Um, he's from the Briarwood herd and a Briarwind herd, excuse me. Um, and so we had this doe and she was an incredible foundation doe as well, or credible brood doe as well. And so four or five, whatever generations later, we get down to Eliza. Uh, and Eliza's story was that she was sired by a buck that was purchased as a spotlight sale and died two weeks later he was purchased in partnership and he happened to be in Texas and the partner took him to, I believe Texas A&M, my memory's a bit foggy because he was actually born about the same time as Alan Tara was. 
and postmortem collected him. And I had this semen sitting in the tank and I thought, okay, we're going to try it. And because, you know, that's, he's the brother to stand out. He's a daughter of, or excuse me, a son of Cherry Pines, um, super starlet, one of the Indus or one of the son and breeds, most incredible does and got this single doe kid out of it. Yay. And so there was, yeah, so then she turned out to looking like a beautiful cross between Ardoz and Starlet. And so it was really, really exciting to have her. Um, so she's just a touch different than some of our others because she does have the outcross sire, Startide. Um, but she has blended that back in quite beautifully and just has that same presence about her that I would have imagined that Starlet had. So we've got the again the, the whole taproot dam line, and then culminating in the stow that uh, we always. So she was reserve national champion last year to Etwale, um, or we call her Starry, and Starry got all the attention, and Eliza just bided her time. And this year she's like, okay, it's my year. I'm going out, and it's my year. So she was best utter and show at the Oregon State Fair, best in show at the Washington State Fair again, our most prestigious one. That was a bit of a tearjerker for me because not only was that the District 7 Son and Specialty this year and a really lovely Son and Show, but that also is a show that uh, it's the Washington State Fair. My mom was from Washington, and so that's the Fernacht and Memorial Son and Show. Oh, Oh my my gosh. That's that's amazing. And I think it's kind of cool that you had semen from a spotlight sale animal that you owned several years ago. and he played a part in making this spotlight sale animal. I think it's just yep. something to touch on. And, you know, he probably would have done great things in your herd now or then, but his impact is now. And I just think that is a true testament to what the spotlight sale animals really are supposed to do. Yeah. And I think you'll find if you look back, there's actually a, a reasonably high percentage or at least higher than the general population of spotlight sale animals descending from other spotlight sale animals. Even Paisley, um, Yukon Jack's dam Tokay was a, a daughter of Myla Farms Royal Image, who was a spotlight sale buck. And again, he revolutionized our herd at the time. We had really, really strong alpines, but they needed that touch of class. And that's what Royal Image gave us. I mean, he, he brought us from animals that placed well to animals that won. And that's a lot of times what they what they'll do because you know you're talking the cream of the crop, and frequently being sold to breeders that are either on the rise up or you know looking for something in in my case looking for something to to just add that touch and so you'll often see that come back, no. almost like giving back. Oh, for sure. And you know I can't help but look at just also the the milk production in these lines. I mean, mm-hmm. you said it here, the first thing you want your sonnets to do is, is produce milk. And boy, mm-hmm. are they producing. And they're doing it generation after generation. I mean, if we're looking at, you know, the paternal granddam, she's 11-star milker. If we're looking at the dam, Eliza, she's 11-star milker as well. I mean, you're, you know you're going to be getting production when you're looking to yeah. add this dough and, to and- your herd. 
And, and like weft, Eliza's project, project, projected over 4,000 pounds this year. And we look at those now. I, I never really considered Elixir to be one of our higher production does. She, you know, she'll hang between 3,000 and 3,500 pounds. But somehow, I looked at her lifetime this year, and she's well over 30,000 pounds lifetime. And Holy you know, God. we talk about 10,000 10, pound does used to be a goal. And then, you know, then our, our herd changed to 20,000 pound goals. She's our fifth on and 30,000 pound dough. And the fact that's that amazing. several of them are sisters, you know, that just means that's how solid those genetics are. Um, and I, you know, if, if God willing and the creek don't rise, Eliza's nothing more than she is and is just as sound and, and solid as she is and will hopefully at some point be a 30,000 pound dough herself. It's amazing. And that's, you know, so we're looking at production and longevity here, which is what mm-hmm. we really need in dairy goats. Too often we see does yep. that, you know, peak at two, three, four, and then you never hear from them again. Um, but mm-hmm. yours are continuing to produce and have that longevity. Yeah. Although I think the industry itself is to blame for those two, three, and four-year-olds because we tend as an industry to look at yearlings a lot and to expect yearlings to be a complete goat. And if a yearling is a complete goat, she's probably not going to last past seven. Um, and she may well peak at three. She needs to be a gangly, awkward teenager that you're not really sure which leg's going to go which forward first. Um, just like, a, you know, a, a teenage girl. You know, you, you take those 14 to 16-year-old teenage girls that are, you know, look like the wind's going to blow them away because, you know, all they are is, you know, tall and and long-legged and, and, you know, then they grow up into these magnificent women. Um, but it takes a little while. And that's the same thing with, with dairy goats is that, yes, I expect my yearlings to milk, but I don't expect them to do anything besides be milk and milk and be sound. And, you know, frequently you'll hear, well, where did she come from when you bring a three-year-old out? Well, she'd been in the barn working and making a living and now it's her day. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know the the elixir line tends to be a little more polished as yearlings. They tend to be a little more complete as yearlings, but they're still very very immature. And the Talute stuff, um, it it took me a bit of patience to work through the Talute stuff because they are incredibly awkward as yearlings, and then they become national champions. He has six daughters that were national show senior doe class winners. From wow. three different herds. Yeah, I mean, the, but, you know, yes, he did have a first place yearling in there, but still, that was that was kind of an unusual situation. Most of them were does. And his kids, yes, he had a national junior champion, but she was a dry yearling. She wasn't a kid um, because they can be pretty awkward. And again, you just have to be patient with them in order to get those longevity. Just, just amazing. I mean, I'm... I'm on the, the convention page and I'm looking at Alita and she's a very long, correct dairy doe. Uh, is she a little leggy? I, yeah, but she's yep. a kid, you know? <laughs> I, I'll tell you, she, <laughs> she's, a, she's a lot leggy in real life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but that's good. Yeah. You know, she's, she's still a very impressive animal. Mm-hmm. And I mean, looking she's got, at she's got the rest of, yeah, those guys, they have the rest of their life to fill out. They can only grow frame as kids. 
Right. And yeah, so nice. if they're framey Anybody kids, they'll fill out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think anybody yeah. looking into adding her to their to their farm won't be won't be disappointed. That's for sure. And again, she's a lot like Paige. She's got a super well balanced pedigree. There's a ton of milk, more than a ton. There's several tons of milk behind her. Two tons just in her mom, um, and super consistent and just really. She can go be a show goat. She can go, you know, she can go do it all. She's and she's got the the super calm personality where she's just going to, you know, like, okay, this is what we're going to do now. All right. That's fine. You know, at the, she was first place intermediate kid at the Oregon state fair. And it was a very, very hectic day. And I had a, a young man that was actually helping my sister-in-law show. And he happened to be not showing sonnets that day. I said, Hey, Gavin, you want to show sonnets? Cause I got to do this other stuff instead. I guess I was working on a total performer programs and he's like, sure. And I look over there and there's this kid just standing there chewing her cut all set up. It's like, this kid's never been shown before. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't train my kids. I don't, you know, I don't show them till the fairs and they usually get trained, you know, being led to the trailer and then from the trailer to the pens. Um, and she's just like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Oh, That's I awesome. love that. Now, yeah. the one thing I keep seeing is in your names, there's a lot of ease there. And are they, is that done because they're coming from your E-line or what kind of walk us through the lines with that? Okay. Well, back in the beginning, there was a doe named Conjurio and her mother was, we were into um, Greek gods and goddesses at the time. So Eo is actually the, the god, Eos, Eos is the goddess of dawn, right? So we sold a doe, a sister actually, I think it was, but anyway, we sold this goat that was supposed to be named something else. And the people named her Eos. And Adga, and those, this was back in 1978, I think. Um, and Adga called and said, we can't, you know, they, were, they handed all the registries and we can't name this goat Eos because the name's already been used. And it's like, well, what? no. And so my mom, quick thinking, said, okay, her mom is Constellation, her dad is jury duty, and we can't use Eos, so we'll just use Eo. So she became Conjurio. And... So that was literally the start of the E-line. Now, Conjurio had a daughter that was, my father's name was Wynn, and Eowyn was born just a, within a day or two of when my father was killed in an accident. And so my mother named the resulting doe kid Eowyn. It's a perfectly normal, regular name, right? Mm -hmm. Except for mm -hmm. all of her progeny became the Wynn line, even though they are Eos. And then we also, we don't anymore, but we also had an L line and the L line resulted from my mom sold a doe to her best friend and got a doe, an E line doe. Actually, I think it was a Conjurio daughter um, to her best friend and got a doe kid back and her best friend's name was Leah. So we named the doe Leah. And then, so we had the L line. So they actually are all E line. Every animal walking the property descends from Conjurio, which was our one of our very first very successful does um 
She was a granddaughter of the first doe that we bought. Um, she was a daughter of jury duty, and jury duty was the son of the first doe we bought. And she was a 1980 national champion. She was also the first doe to score 93 um, back in 1980. And it was just, again, an amazing, amazing brood doe. A lot of her first-generation progeny lived during my college years, so they didn't necessarily you know, make all their records then, but she was an amazing doe. And uh, Ellen Tara, it was, I believe, a daughter, granddaughter of hers. She wasn't a direct daughter. I think she was a granddaughter. Um, and so that's where they all came from. They came from Conjurio, um, who was supposed to be Eos, but wasn't. And that's where the E line came from. And that was, those were the days when my mom was doing most of the naming. And those were just the ways that she named things. And for me, it was more important always to go buy a maternal line name so that you could, you know, you look five generations back. And if they named the the letter of the year, well, you don't really know who it was. Whereas, you know, right. yeah, you might have known what, what year it was born. But for me, it was more important to know the maternal line. And so everything's named from, and we breed females. I While we use the best sires, in my mind, a sire is merely a, a composite of his female relatives, um, mothers, daughters, sisters, whatever. Um, so we continue the E into the sons as well. Yeah, that's that's the way to go about it. I, I do something similar. Um, but yeah, this this information on this dough that you've given here is, is perfect. And uh, to kind of end it, we're going to end it the same way we ended it with Paisley. Um, what do you think... <laughs> She's going to add, Lita is going to add to whoever buys hers herd versus, you know, any other animal that they might be considering. Um, again, she's a super balanced pedigree, so she can pretty much do it all. She's going to, she, she should have an, a show career in front of her. Her litter, or not litter, full sister was first place milking yearling at the national show this year. Um, owned in by the Blissberry herd, so not you know she's sold as a baby, so completely out of our our management. So she can you know the genetics can go on and they can it can work for other people. Um, so she can definitely be a show doe. She will be a production doe. Uh, it's been a lot of years since we've had a son and that wasn't a production doe. So again, she's going to be a doe that will do it all, and you just have to remember that you have to want it all. Um, she's she's going to be a show goat but she's also going to be a production doe and she is a solid enough pedigree that she can be a super, super brood doe as well. You know, so in a sense, and we were taking the pictures the other day or the, the new pictures that we just had just put up today um, or put up on, on my Facebook. I actually don't know how to get onto the Edgar website and get pictures onto it. Um, so my my technology doesn't extend that far and so anyway the <laughs> photographer was taking the pictures and she's like we got to make them look or i say no we got to get a picture where you know where they look da 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 and she's like they're not buying the goat they're buying the pedigree and i was like no 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 on the spotlight sales stage they're buying the goat and she's got to look the part and so i think that both these kids can do that i mean paisley obviously she has you know she was born and bred to do it alita is going to be a little bit slower um, Alita was actually a keeper kid for sure here until I actually was gifted back her full sister a year older. And so 
again, it was one of those things where, well, you know, this is genetics that the mother and father are standing in the in the barn and the sister standing in the barn as well. And I, I can't afford to let this one, this one go and I can repeat the breeding or I have the sister. Um, so she's going to be a, a super, super solid doe, but she's going to take a little more patience because she's a Sonnen and Sonnen's take a little more patience. Yeah, they need time to become the uh, white giants that they are. And, and she's definitely going to be a giant in whoever's herd that brings her yeah. home. And again, congratulations uh, with both of your animals being accepted. They definitely belong there. And whoever decides to pull the trigger will not be sore about it because they yeah. are impressive. Um, Dr. Um, Acton, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate okay. you. Okay. Okay. Thank you. And now we're joined by Dr. Joan Dean Rao. She's the breeder of lot number 13, Rao's Future Fall Color. Welcome to the show. Yes, so thank you for having me. And we're very excited about our Toggenberg Doe Kid in this year's Spotlight Sale. Yeah, I, I was just discussing with Danielle before we started recording and, and you jumped on how I could tell my wife that uh, what we have in our pen is actually a Guernsey doe and not a, a uh, Toggenberg. And, and I don't know if I'll be able to talk her into uh, the fact that it's not gold, but uh, this pedigree is just so lovely. I mean, it's hard for any breeder of any breed not to be like, wow. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about you and your herd and then we'll move on to uh, fall color? Yes. Well, well, first, thank you for the kind words. And uh, my passion for dairy goats actually started as a 4-H project in, um, in Southern California. And then our current herd, that was, well, I won't tell you how many years ago, but many years ago. And, um, and my passion for Toggenberg endured. And then my husband and I have had our current herd in Northern California in uh, Cape Hay or in the greater Sacramento area um, since 1992. So the herd is, we maintain a relatively small herd. Right now I'm milking 11 does. Um, we often run as high as uh, 15 to 18. But um, we've been on continuous um, DHIR testing, uh, linear appraisal. Um, we utilize all the programs of the association, including um, DNA programs. And so we monitor both scrapey genotyping and alpha S1 casing genotyping. And in fact, this doe kid, when we talk about her, one of the really exciting things is that this is the, the first um, uh, homozygous allele Toggenberg um, that we've recognized in our herd. And here she is being offered uh, in, in the sale. So we're very excited about that. You, you might awesome. see us, yeah, you might see me a little more frequently. So I, I'm on the board of directors. Um, you might see us more frequently, see me more frequently judging national shows than exhibiting in that we only show our herd within a few miles of home. So we show when the nationals are in the West Coast, we've been to four and have had premier breeder and exhibitor every time we've shown. And um, two national champions, 20 years apart. So it shows the longitude, uh, you know, kind of a, the spectrum of our breeding program and um, and we're very serious about what we do and really enjoy the goats and and have real vision for for our breeding program. No, I 100% agree and I think that you mentioned even though you kind of stick close to home, 
your herd has definitely had an impact at the national shows across the country. I mean, I remember several years ago, the Lesniaks took home an award to present to Donna Pierce of Wellbeing Farm with one of your bucks, correct? Yes. And in fact, um, that was Rouse Falcon Rendezvous. I, I noticed they posted just, I think, in the last week or so that a Rendezvous daughter was just best in show at the New York State Fair. And Rendezvous was our last nomination. He was the 2009 uh, Spotlight Sale nomination, and so or Spotlight Sale Animal. And so the Spotlight Animals, we, we only do one when we think we've really got the proven uh, genetics on both sides and... Um, and so, and he was actually premier sire twice. And our other nomination was in uh, the year 2000 was um, uh, Rouse uh, Maestro Ranger, who was, ha- had a great impact in the, um, in Mike Corhonan's herd in uh, Washington state. That's amazing that uh, people, and people are still dipping into those genetics, right? So it's just amazing to see the longevity of these animals and the power of those pedigrees. Uh, and if we can, can we uh, move into your spotlight sale animal, who's lot number 13, Rouse Future Fall Color? Yes. So um, so Fall Color, and I, uh, I I decided to, she was one of triplet doe kids. I just thought she was the most stylish of the group when, you know, it's hard to tell when you pick them out at birth, but this is sort of, we've, I've had this vision for her. And in fact, her name was because I knew the spotlight sale would be in Syracuse. And I think of the fall colors. And right away, I was thinking, gosh, you know, add a bit of fall color to your herd. And um, so, uh, gosh, with a female, I'm hoping even if you do breed Guernseys or another breed that you might consider uh, adding a Toggenberg in the mix. So she's really a good fit for many herds. Her, um, her, Her dam is Rouse Fusion Wapiti Fern the second, and um, and Fern is now a three year old. She appraised. We we did not. Um, we were not able to have appraisal this year, but last year as a first freshening two year old, she was E E E E eighty nine. So uh, the max she could be, and she um, her milk record was in three hundred and five days, starting at one year nine months, twenty four hundred eighty pounds of milk. She's um, she, uh, her, she has a full uh, a uh, a maternal sister, Rouse, um, uh, that, who, named Faith, and um, and Faith, the maternal sister, was the national junior champion as a dry yearling in 2019, and this year she was the supreme champion at the California State Fair, as a that was the four year old maternal sister, and then Fern who was reserve champion to her and Faith and another fusion daughter, um, uh, Finola, that was my supreme best three females at the California State Fair. And then Fern appeared again at the Sonoma County Fair as reserve champion and as member of our supreme best three females. In that case, with another fusion daughter, one of the face daughter, and also the, um, the other member of that herd was the best in show or supreme champion at the Sonoma County Fair, Future's full sister, um, our national champion from 2019, uh, Rouse Romano Fury. So there's um, top 10 in the pedigree, uh, generations of excellence. I need to go back and count, but just going off the performance pedigree, 
Um, it ends on the bottom of the dough side with Fina, who was excellent in 93, and she was a multiple generation out of our Fiesta line. So there's, I'll have it figured out by sale time, but there's multiple generations of excellent um, on the dam side, both at the top and bottom of the pedigree. Yeah. And, and the great thing is looking at this pedigree that the sire side is just as nuts. Like it's just as nuts. Like I'm looking at the, the sire's dam who's fuchsia and holy cow, is that my type of, of goat right there? My goodness. Oh, gosh, thank you so much. Fuchsia's nine years old and she is just, um, thinks she owns the place. She's having a great year. She was the first place age doe at both of the fairs we showed at, and and um, she's over twenty two hundred pounds lifetime milk now, and and just uh, she really is now the matriarch. Um, she was the first place two year old at the two thousand fifteen national show back when it was on the west coast, and then when she uh, her next appearance at a national show was two thousand nineteen, where her daughter Fury was grand champion. She was the second place uh, five to six-year-old with first utter to the reserve national champion. And so her her daughter, Fury, was best utter of breed, and she was reserve best utter of breed. And so, um, and here she is now at nine and still um, just, uh, you know, we just love her. And, and, you know, the thing about Fern and Fury, they're also really nice goats to have. They're um, easy milk easy. They're just a real pleasure to have. So we enjoy those animals a lot as well. And this doling is, um, she's very personable and, and really, um, I think that she'll be a good match in any herd. Oh, that's awesome. And so now have you seen a lot of kids, um, out of future so far? What is he throwing? Yeah, so Future is, um, I actually, so he was in, um, he went as a kid to Jeff Klein's herd. And so I, when Jeff dispersed his herd, I actually got him back. And for several reasons, Um, one, he carries, I I think I mentioned that I'm working with um, Alpha S1 casing and Mm -hmm. trying to um, increase the, and and actually this, Wapiti was a buck from the legendary herd that I actually brought into my herd for the purpose of inserting an allele in uh, Alpha S1 casing. And so all of my casing goats do um, go back to him. And um, and in in the case of uh, Future, then um, he's, a, you know, he's an allele buck. He's classified excellent 91. And that was when I got him back that we appraised him. And um, and so so we just have um, that first generation. We're going to repeat this breeding. So we're really pleased with all three of the doe kids. And um, but I don't have a lot. Uh, for him, there are other full brothers. There, actually, he has many full brothers working in other herds, and um, one that uh, that we had, Folsom, who unfortunately we lost, and that was why I really was interested in bringing Future back. So we have work planned for him, and um, but I don't have a lot of his progeny really um, to to talk about. Except that in that line, Romano himself was premier sire at, in. Um, I think 2019 at the national show uh, Romano's been a really solid uh, buck for us in uh, you know across our female lines 
And so, and, and he's, Future's a beautiful book and, and nice temperament. Well, that's, that's important as well. And, and, you know, Romano, who, if, if any, if anybody is wondering, that's, that's the sire of the 2019 uh, champion, national champion and best utter. So yeah. Uh, and total performer. Needless to say, yeah. Then total performer. Yeah. Needless to say he's he, the full brother and they're, they're just making some pretty amazing animals. If you look at fall color and you look at this doe herself, she's long, she's dairy, she's elegant. She's got a beautiful head, beautiful rump, beautiful sitting on beautiful feet and legs and, and wide between the hocks. I mean, the, she's a real, not only is her pedigree impressive, but just looking at her, she is a very impressive little doe and you should be very proud. Well, thank you. And, and we are, and, and, you know, buying unfreshened dolings is always, um, you know, one has to know that it's always a gamble. When that udder comes in, then you oh, really yeah. know what you have. But um, we feel that when you buy from us, you buy a relationship and an investment. So we're really um, invested in the success of our nominations. And and we, we view our trading partners as part of our greater um, herd. And so... Um, you know, we're, we're not just interested in the relationship from the time of the sale, but also in the future success of the dough as well. Oh, that's great. Now, I want to just jump back really quick to this Alpha Casein. So she is Alpha Casein AA. How many TOGs out there are Alpha Casein AA or even just presenting that single like A allele? Yeah, the A or one of the high expression alleles. Um, I became interested in this in the alpha S1 casein components because um, I'm really interested in the relevance of my breed, the Toggenberg, in the commercial setting. And so looking at improving potential cheese yields and so on was of interest to me. And, um, and it actually has been relatively infrequent. I will say that there are a number of us that have been kind of excited about working with that. One is LaDonna Foley of Foley's Toggenbergs. And um, and so I know she's been identifying some other sources of the allele. And so they have been um, relatively infrequent. And But with the availability of casein testing and the ability to do planned matings based on casein genotype, um, that, you know, we've been, because we had just a single animal as the kind of introduction of the gene, we were, um, needed to wait several generations to really line back and look for homozygous animals. And, um, this one is the first, so we're very excited about that. And, you know, in a way I have mixed feelings because now I have one and I'm going to, and she'll be offered for sale, but there will be more. So, um, but I, we were very excited to see that result. No, that's awesome. And that's really impressive. And something that is, I mean, not to play on words, but this is the spotlight sale. And so this does shine a spotlight on something that is unique and really, really special for the Toggenberg breed and to offer her to another buyer, whether it is somebody who's looking more on the commercial side or even for their own herd and to expand and get those the get a few a's out in the pedigrees of other animals and just continue that that there's a lot of potential there yeah so her offspring regardless of sire used her offspring will carry an a allele and so that's right. something that could be used her buck 
her buck kids, then going into breeding programs could help, um, you know, uh, could help imp- in- increase the distribution of the allele in the Togaberg breed. Right. And for, I mean, I know we've talked about it on the podcast, but for listeners who aren't really familiar, if they are even heterozygous on that A allele, it does boost the yields of the cheeses. And so you, your ideal would be in homozygous AA or even uh, heterozygous A and B in terms of levels. But once you have that one allele in the pedigree um, or in the genetics, it definitely helps cheese yield. So something to kind of consider for anybody, even your home dairy and interested in having a productive dough who you can make cheese from. I do have a few more words to say about Fern herself, the dam. And that is that I I didn't mention that... um, we, we only went to the two fairs and one and one club show, the Gold Country Dairy Goat Association show, where Fern was uh, best in show in both rings. She has a, a, a littermate sister who belongs to Janet Cracker in, um, uh, in Sonoma County. And um, the littermate, Fergie, was, had also two best in show wins to th- this year. So, and um, I'll be posting some pictures of both of these over on our Facebook page as the sale grows closer, but there's, there's just a lot of, um, of, of evidence for consistency in type. And we have the genetic elements, then the, the type and confirmation. Um, Fern herself is a 11 star milker. So there's, oh you know, many, many generations. And we're a closed female herd. We're, we're actually export certified on the Scrapey Flock certification program. And so our female herd actually has been closed since uh, 2000. So for about tw- for 20 years. And, um, and so all of our introduction of new genetics is on the male side. Wow. That's, That's I mean, amazing. We're talking, and the other thing is, there's records to back everything up. You have 11 generations of does with milk records that you can see. It's not even the stars; it's the fact that there are, in years after year after year, there is strong production on these animals to see and to hopefully bring into somebody else's herd. And and just further that. Um... Fuchsia herself has been a top 10 animal, um, the original Wapiti fern. And um, if you're wondering why we have fusion Wapiti fern the second, it's we've had many ferns in our herd. And um, <laughs> very sadly, um, we lost the original fern um, after giving birth to these quintuplets. And this one was, we knew she would be special. And um, it, this was a very beloved goat. And so uh, the fern, fern the second is um uh carries her fu- the full name of the mother and again it's uh, it's a very special boat in our herd and uh we're just so pleased to be offering one of her daughters yeah i i i think that just anybody looking at this this pedigree and this this history this is really a doe that has history behind her uh, i think they, they'd be just as impressed as, as we are um and and I got to think, what, what were your thoughts when uh, she was accepted into the spotlight sale after you nominated her? 
You mean, did I think maybe I should keep her? Yes, of course I did. (laughs) (laughs) You people will know that I do not sell a lot of females. And so I, um, you know, to me, a spotlight sale nomination, I'm looking, we use a lot of young sires. And um, Mm -hmm. so here we have kind of a lot of proof on both sides of the pedigree. And, um, and so, uh, and I, I didn't have the right buck born to consign a buck. And um, as, as many people can tell you, I, my females, we really don't offer them on order. We kind of take a list and then um, uh, evaluate, you know, what we can offer. And so um, in this case, it, you know, we made the decision early on. So um, we've tried not to change our minds. And, um, and, and because we had the triplet females, then it made it an easy choice to be able to go ahead and offer one. Had there not been three, we probably would not be making this nomination. Well, you heard it here first, folks. I mean, the stars aligned for this one. Uh, you might you might want to jump at the opportunity. I, You know, I'm hoping my wife's not listening. I might have to. <laughs> well, I, I have another comment about yeah. um, the uh, Ferns Sire Rouse Time Fusion. So Fusion himself is Time is a timeless son from the Lesniak herd. So that's a rendezvous. Uh, that's that's goes back to rendezvous and fusion um Tagenberg people might know he's now working in the midwest we just um didn't have a, a lot of work for him and i'm um, planned to do some ai breedings this season but uh fusion himself was um first place get a sire california state fair this year was the um Tagenberg specialty and so uh he had first place get of sire with um fern and uh, Finola, and then our faith daughter, um, and faithful. And so uh, he's really proving to be uh, quite a buck as well. So there's just a lot going on throughout the pedigree. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's putting it lightly. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's very, very, very impressive. It really is. Um, is there, is there anything else that you want to, uh, let the listeners know about fall color or anything else uh, before we wrap this up? Well, um, there are two things. And one is kind of a shout out to my California Toggenberg breeder friends. If you're from other parts of the country, you might not know that here in Northern California, we have, there are some beautiful Toggenbergs in Southern California as well, but um, we have a really collegial group of breeders that all are very intense in our, um, uh, interest in promoting the breed and in competing well in when we show them and appraise them and production test them. And so, you know, the likes of Leslie Cardoza's Bar 20 Herd and Emily Near's Mountain Pines Togs, um, Bridget Silva, someone I've known since 4-H Club, and and there are more. I'm not doing them justice, but um, we're, it, it's if you ask people who have come and judged our state fair, there's a lot of Toggenberg uh, activity, and I think it really helps make me a better breeder. And um, it also keeps us a little more on our game in, in really focusing our breeding programs. So, so a shout out to my fellow Tog breeders in California, but also um, uh, just a great thanks to um, Lori Acton and John Wright in that uh, they are making it possible for this consignment to come to Syracuse. 
they're transporting her for me. And so um, both uh, one, thank Dr. Acton if you have a chance, and then two, uh, support their nominations, which are amazing, awesome consignments. And so if you're in the market for Sonnens and Alpines, those are pretty hard to beat as well, but um, they're making it possible for fall color to come to the sale. Well, that's that's impressive. And, and everybody listening will definitely hear from her as well. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. I'm excited to see her in person and you know we'll see we'll see what happens. Well, um, thank you. And again, we are, um, one, the one thing about a sale is to have the consignment and the other is just to bring the convention attendees, the pleasure and the fun of the spotlight sale and the excitement that surrounds the animals and the fun of being at the sale. Um, and so I hope that I can do my part to make this really an exciting sale and, um, you know, enrich the, uh, the, a convention um, experience for all attendees. That's a perfect way to wrap it up. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Uh, this is uh, Dr. Joan Dean Rao. And uh, yeah, if you're looking for an exceptional Toggenberg, look at Lot 13, Rao's future fall color. I don't think you'll be very disappointed when you see her. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast, is not an affiliate of the American Dairy Goat Association. All opinions or information regarding the ADGA does not represent the registry.